TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys on a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys on a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys in a Mic Show, TalkZone.com, back at your beautiful, beautiful Wednesday, fine city of Chicago. We will talk sports and more. That's what we do here on the TalkZone.com show for the next hour, 10 to 11, five days a week. Every weekday, one hour a day, that would make five. And Toto, the coach and the big dog, and we are going to be joined in a couple of minutes live in studio by Brian Bauer, one of our ex-co-hosts and arguably, very arguably, I might add, one of Chicago's most knowledgeable sports fans, even though he does root for the Michigan Big Blue. That hurts a little bit. But uh, we do welcome everybody and hope you survived the elections from yesterday. Oh, goodness. If it was a boxing match, we usually use horse racing as an analogy, David Olson, our fine producer. We usually use uh, horse racing as an analogy. I think boxing would be a better analogy here. If it was a boxing match... The Republicans clearly won the match. They kept punching. The Democrats went to the ground at least a couple of times, but at least the Dems got up. They didn't get knocked out. It was judges ruling, and the judges were clearly in favor of the Republicans, but it was not a knockout, and the Dems took some blows. But oh, honey, yeah, they were, cl- they were clearly battered. Yeah. Clearly battered. But not knocked out. Not knocked out. They were knocked down, but not yeah. out. Yeah. So, so overall, uh, you know, it's and it's going to be interesting today. By the way, Barack Obama will make a speech today. It's going to be very interesting to see what tone that he will take. Well, and, I, and I would assume he's going to take the high road and go conciliatory and try to bring everybody together, congratulate everybody for the uh, hard-earned victories in the uh, political elections. We can all be disgusted with the amount of money spent, the negative advertising, and most of us are. But beyond that, there is a, it's an unbelievable amount of uh, emotional and physical energy that these politicians spend for, what, a four-month period of time, and particularly the last month, month and a half, Dave. And again, I'm not, I don't like most of them and disgusted by the uh, uh, the procedure of it. But as far as physical and emotional energy spent, it, it's pretty, it's a lot, they put a lot into it. No question about it. So they're, uh, you know, you got to congratulate the winners. You got to feel bad for the losers. It's like uh, playing a, a triple overtime game. And you're emotionally spent after. That's how I'm sure some of those politicians feel today. So we'll see. Barack Obama making a speech today at 12 o'clock. We'll do a little sports, guys. Talk politics today, uh, as we are wont to do here on the TalkZone.com show. You are always more than welcome to join us, Barack, if you're listening. Michelle Obama, any of the Chicago connections, any of the Obamas? We tried to get a hold of uh, a couple of the White House correspondents. We mentioned we're from the two guys in a mic show, and I don't know if they just pushed a button for the laugh track. Or that was actual human laughing, but um, I'm going to, based on the fact, David, they never actually res- responded to our question. All we heard was laughing. I, I think we can take that as a no. But we try. We try. We figure we start at the top. What the heck? Why go with, you know, it was, put a call into Barack? What better way to uh, kick off the day, start with a little show like us, and then work your way up? See? 
Can't forget the little guys, but uh, we did not hear back from the Obama camp. Uh, possibly. In the next hour, you never know, we might indeed get that. But you can check in at 888-463-6748 if you want to talk any of the election results, anything that happened in your uh, voting experience from yesterday. Again, our phone number, 888-463-6748. Brian Bauer coming in in a little bit. I'm not sure if we're going to hear from the big dog today or not. Big dog might be too worn out from following the election results yesterday. (laughs) Or not. Oh, man. I could not get to a voting booth yesterday because of uh, L.O.T. wonder how many other people had L.O.T. L.O.T., of course, being lack of transportation. Yeah. You know, in the city, and in some areas, they used to bring a bus around, right? Or a van and, and grab groups of people to make sure they voted. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I mean in Big Dog's defense... Uh... Aurora is very, very spread out. Yes. It is very spread out, so. So was the stripper that was named Aurora. Hello. Hello. Hey, blue 42, red 17. How about those San Francisco Giants? <laughs> we'll talk some politics for sure. we got college football coming up this weekend. We'll take a uh, sneak preview there as well. And um, NBA, NHL, and we did a little recap to the baseball season yesterday. There might still be a little residue left over as we uh, put a close. We tuck them in and put them to bed. The baseball season that was, the 2010 season. Congratulations again to the San Francisco Giants. If we have any listeners out in the San Francisco area, I think the parade is today. David, I don't know. Do we have any um, uh, two guys in a mic representatives? Do we have a reporter out live at the Golden Gate Bridge checking out the parade as we speak? Feel free to say no. No. Didn't have to feel that free. Could have at least hesitated a little bit or put some doubt into it. All right, so basically we have no one covering the parade. We have none of our political uh, affiliations calling in. And our co-host is not in studio as we speak. We're off to a great start. (laughs) Onwards and upwards. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Welcome, everybody, to the two guys at a mic show. Uh, Let's talk a little uh, NBA basketball. We'll, we'll do that for sure. Chicago Bulls, our local Chicago team, off to a very, very solid start. The Miami Heat, which, uh, of course, everybody's following this year. They lost their first game. Everybody thought, woo, Heat are going down. Over- overrated. Well, since then, they've won three games. They've won three games. I haven't watched a lot of Miami Heat basketball. And quite frankly, I don't plan. I'm watching a lot of Miami Heat basketball, but from the little bit of uh, commentary we've heard, from the little bit of highlights, the Miami Heat team meshing very nicely. Thank you very much. You've got some superstars there. Maybe uh, David Olson, some of our politicians, can take a, a little side note of this. You've got three superstars that all, at least now it's early, this thing could blow up, but all, at least in the beginning, appear to be uh, more than willing to play complementary roles. LeBron James in no way, even uh, personality-wise, going low-key. Very smart move by LeBron. Dwayne Wade's team out there, right? He's the he's the incumbent, as we use the political uh, comparisons today based on all the election results. I was up to about 1 o'clock yesterday watching all the election stuff, so I'm still a little fuzzy. Got up this morning and uh, still trying to figure out who our governor, by the way, in the fine state of Illinois is. David, we have uh, it's undecided, correct? Recount? Yeah, it's, it's, well, no, they're still tallying. Still tallying? They're still tallying, yeah. I say, a little tally is what we do. But there's a very solid chance that after they tally a few more votes, 
that uh, this thing could go into recount after recount. Bill Brady, the outstanding uh, fine conservative, going up against Pat Quinn, who uh, I don't know much about Pat Quinn, but I'm going to guess his favorite flavor is vanilla. But those two are like neck and neck. How many millions of votes were cast in the fine state of Illinois? Like 3 million votes? And it's down to like 4,000 votes. So, I mean, tight. Very, very tight. But getting to the NBA, any other comparison I'm trying to make there, Miami Heat, very impressed with the three superstars. They're all playing complimentary roles. Dwayne Wade's been kind of the leader. LeBron James, the superstar of superstars, taking a back seat. And, again, it's early in the season. Chris Bosh, very happy to do that. Yesterday, I think their second-leading scorer was not Chris Bosh. It was not LeBron James. It was uh, Eddie House. 15 points off the bench, so they're trying to include the complimentary players, too. Nicely done. If they can keep that going out in Miami, they're going to have a good thing going. Again, we're four games into it. Egos might come into play as the season starts to wear on. The Boston Celtics have looked very, very impressive. Indeed, as have the L.A. Lakers, so the powerhouse teams are still pretty good. And then there's uh, some up-and-coming teams. You want to talk some NBA basketball? We'll do that a little bit here on the show, 888-463-6748. Uh, Dallas Mavericks looking very good. couple of up-and-coming teams, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and team I predicted at the beginning of the season, keep an eye out for the Memphis Grizzlies. Also playing pretty well. Our Chicago Bulls, though, back in action against the New York Knickerbockers. Little, I still like to call them the Knickerbockers. Nobody does that anymore. It's, you know, old school. we got to go back to a little Willis Reed, Walt Frazier, Dave DeBusher. The New York Knickerbockers taking on the Chicago Bulls. Our Chicago Bulls, fun to watch this year. Deep. Deep, and I don't know if you know if you can call Derrick Rose a budding superstar anymore. But that guy, he budded. I think he's there. He hath come of age. It's unbelievable. You, you know, you water that thing. That we we were hoping when we picked Derrick Rose on the first pick that, you know, a Chicago kid, very, very young. Remember, he got drafted out of Memphis after one year. One year. This is his third year in the NBA, but let us not forget, back in the old days, he's a senior in college. Senior in college, he's still a puppy. And we picked him number one, hoping that he would become, uh, you know, one of the top point guards in the NBA and a superstar. And you water him a little bit the first year. You see that thing start to start to blossom. But all of a sudden, it just started blossoming and blossoming and growing. And we got a full-grown tree. We got a full-grown plant in a little over two years. The guy's played two years of NBA plus four games. His experience in the World Games uh, with Mike Shashevsky and that team that won the gold medal was invaluable too. But uh, boy, you got a superstar and a star on the bench, and the Bulls are still playing great. Uh, yes, David. Yeah, Michael Beasley. Who? Here, that was the other guy. Yeah, that was the other guy. Oh, because I, I remember there was a lot of there was a lot of noise after the Bulls picked him. Oh, you should have gone with Mike, Michael yep. Beasley. He was more the sure thing. Well, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, it's an educated crapshoot. But make no mistake about it, there are some tremendous scouts out there that watch. They're knowledgeable. They're experienced. They're, it's still a crapshoot. You you do not know, and you you know you take a chance. You pick Derrick Rowe. Michael Beasley, a decent player, but it looks like he's not going to be that that next level player, and he's. He's kind of struggling to fit in as a role player, too. So, uh, yeah, clearly the Bulls made the top choice. But, you know, you got scouts in every sport. Major League Baseball, hockey, football. Uh, you know, I mean, look at the Chicago Bears. All the bad draft picks, not just the Bears, many, many NFL teams. And you've got guys, you know, forget about the general manager and the head coach. You've got guys that it's their living. 
to analyze and scout players. You got guys who it's their living traveling around looking at high school kids and college kids for major league baseball prospects. And you've got some can't miss prospects that fail and you got some guys that come out of nowhere and succeed. So you can scout. But it's still a crapshoot, an educated crapshoot. It's not just a total roll of the dice, but uh, there's no guarantees. Certainly the Derrick Rose thing is uh, if you're rolling the dice and craps, it came out 7-11. Very, very impressive. The guy's been outstanding. Last game he actually passed the ball. That was a good sign, but the Bulls uh, overall looking very, very good. Luol Dang scoring 40 points last game, and they got a lot of contributions from the bench. you got a feeling there's a good chemistry on the team. So, uh, you know, get Carlos Boozer back. Watch out. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And you still got Carlos yeah. Boozer waiting in the wings. Yeah. So Sometimes, though, an injury like that, as painful as it can be, and obviously it's literally painful for the guy who gets hurt, but for a team, you're missing a guy like that, and it hurts. But in the long run, you're stronger for it because everybody else has to step up to another level. Exactly, exactly, especially since there was such a roster turnover between last year and this season. Yep. I mean, you only got four guys returning on the team, and the rest of the roster are guys that haven't played together. Mm-hmm. And you're missing, who's arguably your number, would you say Boozer's the number two superstar on that team? Uh, no question. Yeah, when you're yep. missing number two, other guys got to step it up and... Mm-hmm. You know, so far, so good. So, Bulls have had a lot of number two in the past. This year they've got a number two. I don't know if you want to call him a superstar, but he is a star. Very, very solid player, Carlos Boozer. And uh, my new favorite guy, by the way, everybody was joking about this about a month ago. It was about a month ago, maybe five weeks ago, when Tom Thibodeau, it's not Thibodeau, folks, it's Thibodeau. And, again, you want to talk some NBA basketballs, any of our uh, listeners here in the Chicago area, if you can pull yourself away from the elections, and I know you're all – Anxious to see if it's Quinn or Brady that will be governing our fine state of Illinois. Talk a little basketball with us, 888-463-6748. But about five, six weeks ago, we read in the paper that Tom Thibodeau's bringing in uh, from Boston, where he used to coach, Brian Scalabrini. And I think most Bull fans were joking about it, kind of laughing about it, because we, we've, we've seen Scalabrini on the end of the bench for the Boston Celtics for years. He comes in and plays for a couple of minutes. And he's about the most unlikely-looking NBA player you could ever see. Well, six weeks later, three game, what are they at? Three games into the season, Brian Scalabrini all of a sudden is an absolute fan favorite, and he's contributing. He's one of those guys who's getting some PT when Carlos Boozer is not there. The guy is 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 Casper the Ghost out there. He's as white as white can get. He cannot jump. I still haven't seen air between him and him and the floor and the sneakers. But. You know what? I don't think I've seen him turn the ball over yet. He rebounds. He's a great shooter, but he will not overshoot it. He's a great shot fake. Young players out there, you want to learn how to shot fake? Brian Scalabrini does it. Doesn't rush the fake. Be quick, but don't hurry. The old John Wooden. But Brian Scalabrini, David Olsen, against all odds. The whitest of white men becoming a fan favorite at the United Center. That's right. The second coming of Judd Bushler, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's a good comparison. No, it is. It is because I, rem- I remember see- going to the United Center in-, in that era, and the crowd would erupt when Judd Bushler would come off yeah. the bench. Judd Bushler. Now, so so Scalabrini could be to Rose what Bushler was to Michael Jordan. Yes. Or Jack Haley, even. You could use yes. that comparison. Uh, no, 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 I wouldn't even go Jack Haley. I mean, Jack Haley was filling a roster spot because he was a buddy of Rodman's. <laughs> Seriously, he was. He was there to keep Rodman in check yep. off the court. Yep. And he kept the female fans interested in the game. Very popular with the ladies. But really, but but Judd Bushler, 
Not sure how our discussion got in the way of Judd Bushler. He was actually very athletic. He was a volleyball player. He could run. He could jump. His basketball skills weren't that great, but very athletic. Brian Scalabrini is totally unathletic, but so skilled, so smart, takes every advantage to every bit of talent that he has. But, uh, yeah, the guy on the end of the bench has been contributing for the Bulls. Anyhow, it's been been fun to watch in the NBA. Uh, you've heard me say it before. I personally am not a big NBA fan outside. I do like watching my Chicago Bulls. But outside of that, I'm not the kind of guy on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night kicking back and watching the uh, Denver Nugget take on the Detroit Pistons. And I'm definitely not watching. I'm not all enthralled. Ooh, boy, the Boston Celtics are taking on the Lakers. It just doesn't do it for me. I'd rather watch a college game. Come playoff time, maybe I'll check that out. But anyhow, we'll talk a little NBA, uh, certainly as the year goes on. College basketball, only a week or two weeks away from starting. A lot of the teams are now playing some of those... uh, Games where they're playing like Athletes in Action, William and Mary, Mostly Mary. They're bringing in some of those small college or, uh, I don't even know if they're Division three, Division four, Division five amateur teams in for scrimmages by fighting a line on a team with like eight high school All-Americans. They've played two of those scrimmages of late, one against Lewis University. And, and, the, and I think yesterday they played Southern Indiana. They almost lost both games. So they got all these All-Americans, and they're picked in the top 15 in the country this year, and they could barely beat a Division Three team. you got issues. Too many stars. Only one basketball. You need those complimentary players. That's why the Bulls are so good. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll do a little sports, guys, talk politics. Brian Bauer is on the way, folks. Don't you worry. We're going to be joined in studio. We'll talk a little NFL football and a sneak preview of a pretty good week of college football coming up. It's a midweek Wednesday. We'll also do our... Uh, Midweek Wednesday musings. We have a couple of uh, news and notes we haven't got to for a while. David Olson, our producer, two guys at a mic, talkzone.com. Back in a minute. Don't go anywhere. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john Cohn. i just figured out why big dog's not here today david probably still getting the press that proposition 19 did not pass in california correct final results i believe are in uh, let, let me check on that. I, I, I have not heard that. I'm pretty sure. That. And, of course, Proposition 19 was the uh, state of California trying to be the first state to legalize marijuana. Now, the problem was a lot of the people that wanted to vote for that particular amendment, A, were not registered to vote. That's a problem. B, even if they were registered, couldn't find their voting card or their driver's license. 
see if and if they were registered and could find their license, couldn't find the voting polling area. D, even if they could find the polling area and they had a valid driver's license and they had actually registered, they probably didn't know how to fill out or probably filled out the ballot wrong. That's the problem. Most of your support for that particular bill, the legalization of marijuana, most of the people supporting that probably couldn't accomplish those four things. I think it was 56% to 42%. That's, that's correct. Well, that's correct. What did the other 2% vote for? I'm almost afraid to ask. <laughs> it's not like there was a write-in candidate. The other 2% <laughs> voted to go to White Castle. <laughs> the other 2% wrote in, uh, please pass me a 40-pound bag of Oreo cookies. Oh, good. My son was disappointed. Apparently, there was a lot of discussion in high school. It's nice to see our high school kids following the elections. He didn't know who was running for senator or who was running for governor, but he came home uh, last night. The first thing he asked this morning is if Proposition 19 passed. Not that he smoked. He's a pretty clean kid, at least right now. We've held off through uh, early junior year. But uh, that appears to be the discussion among our high school kids. Nice to see our well, we always said we want our high school kids involved in the uh, in elections and polling and and getting a, a little more politically correct, if you will. I'm not sure that's the way we wanted them to do it, but if it takes Proposition 19, what the heck? Uh, and, and I also find it humorous, uh, David, that uh, Moonbeam, Moonbeam himself, Jerry Brown. Now, this will not connect with our young listeners out there. You probably don't know who Jerry Brown is, or figure he's just another one of the uh, you know white politicians. He won the state of California's gubernatorial race. But this guy was a complete wacko of the best sort. In his younger year, he was governor for like eight years, right? They called him Moonbeam because he clearly was he was a child of the 60s. Still is a child of the 60s. He just doesn't have any hair left anymore. But amazingly, Moonbeam, Jerry Brown, is back on the ticket. Not sure how he got on the ticket. Maybe it was connected somehow to Proposition 19. And he's going up against Meg Whitman, the uh, eBay Billionaire, not millionaire, but billionaire who spent $160 million of her own money. Jerry Brown wins it, going away. And he is now, again, the governor of the fine state of California. I love that. I love people in California. That's outstanding. That was my favorite story the whole evening. 888-463-6748, Coach Flying Solo. We are expected to be joined in studio in a couple of minutes by Double B, Brian Bauer. Midweek Wednesday musings. We get so lost in the football and the basketball talk, sometimes we forget the small stories, and or sometimes we don't even forget about them. We just don't get to them because it's a one-hour show. And again, we're trying to get this thing bumped up to two hours, maybe three hours. We're in negotiations. Right now, the negotiation people that want us to cut back to like maybe one day a week might be winning for us going two hours. So while we're looking for more time, we might end out with no time. Who knows? Be careful what you wish for, or maybe a better motto is be thankful for what you got. But in a one-hour show, we miss stuff like this. Uh, for instance, Tiger Woods, for the first time in many and many years, I don't know how they do the rankings, but Lee Westwood is now your number one ranked golfer in PGA Golf. I haven't really followed the who's or why's, the point system. Maybe one of our fine listeners could help us out. We haven't talked much golf. We don't get to it, at least of recent, since there's been a big tournament. Lee Westwood, now number one. Tiger Woods handled it beautifully, by the way. He said he doesn't deserve to be number one anymore. Not sure if it was his exact quote, but the gist of his quote was, hey, in order to be number one, you got to win some tournaments. And last year, I did not win any tournaments. 
And then he took a shot at his ex-wife, I think. No, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, also coming up this weekend, David, I know you're very, very excited out in Churchill Downs, the Breeders' Cup. Arguably one of the great sports events of the year, the Breeders' Cup coming at you this Saturday. So while you're watching all the college football, while you get your weekend plans, don't forget this is horse racing's greatest day. And let us also remember there's a female horse. Female horses were welcome. Brian Bauer about to come into the studio here. Brian's probably got all his Bears thoughts, his NBA thoughts, and he walks right in the middle of a discussion of a female horse. We're doing midweek Wednesdays here, uh, midweek musings on a Wednesday, a story we don't get to that much often. But uh, the favorite, the favorite in the big race at the Breeders' Cup in Churchill Downs is a female. It's Zenyatta. She goes off at 8-5, to five, eight spot in the post, big dog, or big dog. Excuse me? Brian, first of all, welcome <laughs> to the show, and I guarantee you there's a lot of male horses that are up. Uh, anxiously awaiting Zenyatta finally being put out to stud. Well, I've got to think in this day and era, Coach, that <laughs> really, as I walk in on this, does the actual sex of a horse still matter? I mean, nowadays we have an African-American president. Mm-hmm. It no longer is about race or sex. It's about who does the best job. Um, and if Zenyatta is the one who does it, by the way, do horses get um, neutered? Yeah. Yes, they do. The race horses? Yes. Okay, so then I guess... Well, they, no, 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 no. no. Uh, you, don't, you don't want to snip a racehorse because, right, because that's how you, you make the money. It, right? So I'm guessing the there's less weight a, on a female horse. It's interesting. So maybe she does have a little bit of an right. advantage. A little wind resistance problem for the male horse. She seems a little more streamlined to Never me. Never thought about that. And honestly, if you're the only female yeah. with 11 guys chasing after you, you might run a little faster as well. It's an interesting thought. So maybe... Or a horse that consistently comes in last place could, uh, you know, kind of brag and say, hey, you know, i got too much wind resistance. What can I say? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, but Zenyatta is actually a tremendous story. If you get a chance in between all the college football, uh, check it out this Saturday in the uh, Breeders' Cup. Brian Bauer, great to have you in the studio. What the hell happened here? What, up watching election results or got stuck I in I actually traffic? did watch a lot of election news. Do Very we have impressive. a governor yet? Have we figured that out? We have not. Okay, so in Illinois, we still don't like it. What's really tight. weird, when I first got the first results, when I first heard on Channel 9, it was like 63% Quinn and then third. So, uh, my but God. But that was the city of Chicago yeah, checking it. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, the rest of the state really doesn't like them, which yep. fine by me. Uh, so, yeah, stayed up a little bit late for that. But I was on time. Like, I was running well. And then I hit the dumpster. For those of you, I know this is an international show. Yes. I hit the dumpster exit heading eastbound off of 294. And apparently, I hit a parking lot. Like, when I called you, I thought, five minutes from here, no problem. All of a sudden, it just stopped. I didn't know if we had construction on Dempster. I actually had to pull off on a side road, took a bunch of side roads to get here. But it it was ridiculous. So I apologize. It's construction-related. I'm sure the people in the other six continents listening to our show, they're like, Dempster, what the? Who? Dempster? You know what they're happy with? Construction problems all over this country. I'm starting a new website, I think. ConstructionTraffic.com. Like that way you can look up exactly where your construction is. Yeah. You know how to avoid it completely. Quite frankly, uh, I'm getting a little annoyed with this whole construction. Thing. Well, you should be a little annoyed. If you're a little annoyed, you're about 10 steps ahead of the rest of us. Uh, I think my new navigation system, I'm still not sure, but I think the new nav system in my car mm-hmm. takes traffic into account. See, that's nice if you have it. Mine's a little bit older, but it's got the detour button. Uh-huh. So whenever I hit something I don't like, I press detour. It goes right, left, right, left, right, left, whatever. It sends me all kinds of weird. So your places. nav system is old. You got like an old guy, and I'm like, hey, well, turn, turn left, turn. Mine does like sixty languages. <laughs> so even within English, I find myself goofing around. Like uh-huh. every so often, I'll throw on the Australian girl, yeah. who I find very attractive for uh-huh. some reason. Okay. At the next exit, turn right. 
You know, and then there's the English girl who sounds a little salty. You know, it's kind of like, it's not like turn right, it's turn right. You know, so it's like it goes. So I kind of flip through those. And Watch then, out for the alley coming up. To mess with my wife, sometimes I'll put on the Chinese one uh-huh. just to see how she responds to it when it first comes on. It's like, yeah. and she'll be like, look at me, and she's like, really, really. It's I like- actually, my uh, navigation <laughs> system is very up that I, along with the elections, I've got the Proposition 19 nav button I can push. Well, good for you. Yeah. So <laughs> Apparently, the car's on, playing uh, up in smoke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take a left here, and if you don't take a left here, you know, not a problem. You get a couple blocks and turn right. So, where, guy, where, like, where are you going again? Like a guy we used to work with, Half Pipe. It's, it's actually his ah, voice. Just, hey, man. Tremendous turn producer right. back in the day. Turn Rob, right at the light. Half Pipe Pankton. That's right. You don't that. have to turn right at the light, man. <laughs> but if you want to, hey, turn right. It's cool. Oh, <laughs> goodness. Double B, great to have you in studio, my friend. Give me a fist bump for all Let's the people inside. watching. Don't forget we are on live broadcast. Yeah, that's why I shaved. I got microphones here. Micro- There's still the little microphone on the ground. I don't know where I I keep trying to get it. I haven't got it yet. But uh, we got to talk a little college football real quick, too, a little preview for the weekend ahead. You, and I love you. Brian Bauer's a great guy. Thank you. Uh, Quality personality, wonderful individual, honest. I'd vote for you in the election. (laughs) The only character flaw, the only negative I can throw out is you somehow, somehow strayed and went to the University of Michigan and still root for the Big Blue, and you're taking on mine and the big dogs fighting Illini this particular weekend. I think we've had this conversation before. Uh, my straying was simply because my father likes to gamble. <laughs> really, that's exactly how it started. My father, huge Notre Dame fan. Okay. Uh, big Notre Dame fan. So at the age of like seven, eight years old, he says to me, Brian, tell you what, pick any game on Notre Dame's uh, schedule, and if that team beats Notre Dame, no chores for you for a month. Now, to a kid, that's like gold. That's money in the pocket. You know, the loss, I think, is if, if, I, if my team lost, I had to do like – washing the car and a couple of extra chores on top of it. But, you know, he was looking at the bright side. And it's good, by the way, that my father taught me how to gamble at such a young age. So as an 8-year-old, you pick, you know, what do you pick? You, you look at the rosters, you look at the teams, and then you see the blue helmet with the yellow, you know, waves and the stripes, and you're looking at it and you think, that's a cool helmet. I mean, you're 8. You don't know any better. So I picked them, and they won. And from that day on, I was a huge Michigan fan. And it really has no other reason or rhyme for it. I will say this. And you ended up going to Michigan? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, actually, they were too smart to take me. Ah. So, <laughs> no, I actually stayed local. But Stayed local. I did stay local, very local, four <laughs> different universities. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my the way my, my college football rankings go, it's Michigan first, which, by the way, is very painful this year. Then I go Northwestern, then Illinois. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a couple, like, subgroups that I really – I always enjoyed Oregon for some reason. Yep. You know, the Ducks, I think they're just kind of a fun team Oof, to watch. Wow. And yeah. this year, they're extremely fun to watch. Wow. Uh, down in Florida, I've always liked Florida State. Uh, just kind of, as a, as a team to watch. And Maryland, a team that doesn't get a lot of pub, I've always kind of liked the way they play defense. Mm-hmm. So I, I always kind of watch Maryland games if they're on, if I can. Long as the fridge, Ralph Friedgen is coaching Maryland, I will always root for the University of Maryland. Exactly. They're, yeah. they're just some, I mean, there are teams and systems that I like. So I'll watch them. Hawaii, because they were always the late game. I'd watch Hawaii. They're on at like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. It's always a fun watch late at night when your wife's in bed. Yeah. You know, you got to do something. You'd pop that on. So, Put up 50, 55, 60 right. points again. Right. So when it comes to this week, mm-hmm. I, I root for Michigan. Okay. But if Illinois beats them, based on what I've seen of Illinois this year, and by the way, huge, huge increase in play in Illinois. Yes. What they've done is Zook has finally realized it. He can recruit with probably the best of them. 
but he can't coach with the best yep. of them. So he brought in two good coordinators who know exactly what they're doing, and they're coaching yeah. that team. That, that team is. Truth be told, do. it wasn't. It was. It was basically Ron Gunther, the athletic director. Yeah. Who sat down with Ron Zook, and I don't know if he quite said it that way, but he basically said, "Ron, you're not coaching anymore." No. We're going to bring in two coordinators, and you need to get off the field and get stop being so hands-on. Smartest movie they made. Yes. Uh, Shieldhouse, the quarterback, he's starting to make strides. I thought he was just a runner. This last week, he was passing it all over yep. the place. Yep. As far as I'm concerned, this is a great Illinois team. This is on, I wouldn't say on the verge. I mean, this year, they're probably on the verge of a, of a bowl, probably mid-level bowl, nothing big. Probably one of those bowls that have changed names 14 times. Mm-hmm. But down the line, you look at this quarterback, he's what, a redshirt freshman now? Yep. Uh, Shieldhouse can be somebody who, in a year or two, takes this team to another step. I like it. If he can pass. Yeah. If he can pass. Yeah. Even this year's Illinois team can go to the next level, but that's a big if. Now, you got the running game, you got the defense, you still have to throw the ball down the field to me to be an elite team. Exactly. And now, what I look at this is, you know, my first instinct is to root for Michigan, but I'm almost at the pop place where I want Rich Ride out the door as quickly as humanly possible. Yeah. So it'll be one of those where I root for Michigan, but if they lose, I won't be all that hurt by it. Yeah, the hailing to the victors valiant, uh, there hasn't been a lot of hailing. <sighs> they did this last year. Hail to the conquering heroes, there hasn't no. been that many conquering heroes of no, from University not, of Michigan. Not really. Uh, you know, but they did this last year. Remember last year, 4-0 preseason, pre-conference? Yep. Then they got a conference, the only team they beat was Indiana. Well, you know, I've seen this game before. I saw it last year. Their defense mm-hmm. is still horrid. Yep. You know, and that's exactly why they're losing. Yeah. It's a big game. It'll be a big game this Saturday. And again, we'll get into it, uh, in full on Football Friday. By the way, you're going to be. Football Friday! Football, take it easy. Friday. Settle down. Blue, 42! Red, Blue, 17. 22. Split right, Bangle. split Bangle. right. Hunt's the right! Hunt's the right! Hunt! Hunt! Hey! Hunt! I feel a little warm now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to go back to the Zenyatta story? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Football Friday might be you and the big dog. I uh, really? might not be able to be in. I might have to call it. Really? With my beat the smoke predictions. So I have you not might worked be, with uh, the big dog in a long time. Miss you him. might be hosting the show from the studio. I'll still never forget that. What was it? Back at our old radio show, right? Yeah. When you had worked break. for like a year. And you just off the cuff. Maybe it would have been six months. Uh-huh. And you just off the cuff uh, call us up saying, uh-huh. hey, you know, can, can I, I got a couple hours. Can I come in and go host? You're always welcome to do it. Mm-hmm. You remember this? And, and you really. came in, and Joel, the other guy, did not show up that day. Right. And I had lost my voice. Oh, I do remember this. <laughs> so you show up, not quite as bad as today, but about no, a minute like, before the show. Yeah, it was my traditional five to yeah. one minute before the show. Yeah, and uh, Brian? <laughs> By the it's, way. It's you all on your co-hosting, yeah. the, not co-hosting, your solo hosting the entire show. Basically, it's like you show up, and you're going on a cross-country trip in an RV, <laughs> but it's stick shift. Yeah. <laughs> and you walk in, and they say... By the way, our regular driver's dead. You don't know how to drive stick shift. We need you to get to Florida ASAP. Go. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. A little Just driving the, the bus. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I remember correctly uh, two things. A, I thought you did a good job, and B, I believe they burned the tape. So even they if should. you didn't, nobody will ever know. Thank God. All right. and we, we still have our uh, great producer here, our Rock of Gibraltar, David Olson, better looking as always. He's looking good, man. He, he looks is, a little buffed out. He's, he looks like he works out regularly. <laughs> for, for, for a guy that's worked our show one year straight, yeah. normally, after working our show for a year, A, well, first of all, they're usually not around. They usually keep, take up smoking, I noticed, about three months into our show. <laughs> and he doesn't look like he's done that. He looks healthy. Yeah, or some kind of bad habit. They, they tend to gain about 20 to 30 pounds. <laughs> yeah. You know, they call it sympathy weight. Dave, by the way, is our political pundit. Uh, is he? Some people have called him our political pud. <laughs> but uh, he is our political pundit, and anything that happens in the election results between 10 to 11... 
Monday through Friday, if any dramatic things happen, we'll be the first to know. Right now, Quinn is up by about 8,000 votes. Woo-hoo! Uh, then they're going to get into the absentee ballots, but probably not until tomorrow. Jeez. But most of the absentee ballots are coming from the Chicagoland area. So should be okay. Yeah, which which does not bode well for Brady. Uh-huh. So. But then might they might not they do a recount of the entire state? It's it's possible, but yeah. precedent has been set before with uh, Jim Thompson okay. that the Supreme Court won't won't do it, and then All they'll right. just name the governor. But we'll have to wait and see. Right. It's sad, Brian, because I'm excited about the guy winning, not so much because of him, Pat Quinn. Yeah, he's uh. a bit of a eh. Uh. Uh. like I said before, you got her. I don't know much about him, but I guarantee his favorite ice cream flavor is vanilla. Oh, if you're lucky. But I'm only excited because Bill Brady, the uh, Republican hopeful, was a pretty far-right guy. He scared me a little. I didn't necessarily want him representing my fine state. Not to get into this at all. I, really, I kind of try to avoid politics today just because I had a long conversation with the wife last night, and she and I basically are in opposite views of everything, Yeah. which makes for a spicy relationship. Oh, absolutely. You know, which is keeps, kind of good. Keeps things happening. And I've often told her that it works out well because that way we offset our house, so our, our votes basically go out the window. <laughs> But but the way things work, it's it just such a, I mean, okay, one group gets into power. Then they get into a bigger power. Then all of a sudden, they start to mess things up. Then the other group gets into a little bit more power than they had before. And then they start to mess, it's just this vicious cycle that I wish would get broken somehow. That some other third-party group, I don't know much about those the Tea Partiers, and quite frankly, what I do know sometimes scares the living bejesus out of me. But... Really, you know, I'm at the point where I just need a third or fourth legitimate party. Because if you see some of these, like, election results, Mm -hmm. it's like 800,000 votes for this guy, 758,000 votes for this guy, and the Green Party, 4,000 votes. (laughs) (laughs) Really, come on, give me a third party that's actually legitimate. And the weird thing about it is the Green Party or the independent candidate, if you would take the names and numbers down and forget Democrat, Republican, Green Party, and just show people what they believe in. Right. If people didn't see that, there'd be a lot more votes, if not a majority, for the independent or the Green Party guy. The problem is there are so many who just chuck party lines. My father is one of those people who does it. One of my friends is a union guy, and they're encouraged by their union. Not only do they get get time off of work to go vote, but they get like half day off of work. With the with the push of you know make sure you vote Democrat, mm-hmm. you know it's it's this weird system now where people are just so lazy they don't want to look it over. Now in some parts, like the whole judges thing, I, I think there's got to be a better way for this. You're, you're having us vote on judges. None of us know judges. Like uh, who really watches a judge and finds out what they vote, what they don't vote. Only thing I did is took in the newspaper's recommendations. I cut that out of the newspaper and brought it in. They, did they, you? Out of a hundred judges, they had four that don't vote for. So I I hit. Yes for everybody, or even a, a no vote is fine. Right. But, I, but I put a no for those four. I, I gotta admit, when I was like 18, my first time voting, yep. I did the old. Uh, I like the last name, so I'm gonna vote for them. Yeah. Like you know, just kind of random. That's like, when you were 18. Like I think the name's funny. Yeah. Chick, uh, he's he's got my vote. Now that you're a much more mature and savvy political uh, strategist, I'm sure you don't go with that same theory. It's one of those. <laughs> if I've heard of them, then maybe I'll keep them on. If I yeah. like what I've heard of them, uh-huh. it's, it's such a it's random. The problem mm-hmm. with judging is it's yeah. random. There has to be a better way to pick judges. I like uh, Joel, our normal co-host. He he actually was familiar with about half the judges. How? Well, because he arrested so often. <laughs> I mean, it's easy. if he, I was in court as often as him, yeah. you should be a lawyer. For I how asked often him. All, you know, I asked him kiddingly yesterday which judges should not be recommended. He started rattling off about four or five that he didn't like. 
It's because those are four or five didn't let him I, off. I guess, you know, that's one way of educating yourself about judges. You get in trouble with the law, you're going to know more about the judges. But uh, I did announce yesterday that I am considering, I haven't thrown my hat in yet. Yes. But I am considering a run in the next um, election in two years for water reclamation district representative. If you need uh, at least somebody to help you out with your your party, I am there for you. So you would doesn't be, matter who you are. I don't care whether you're Democrat, Republican. Uh-huh. As you as a person, I'm, I would vote for I'm you. I'm running Green Party. Is water, Green Party candidate well, for the water reclamation We should get district. about three votes. But I'm there for you. <laughs> Those three will be you, myself, and Big Dog. Uh-huh. And that'll be it. <laughs> All right. So you'll be my, uh, my campaign manager. Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. And our sound effect and our motto will be a... The flush of a toilet. We might as well, <laughs> especially if we're going Green Party. <laughs> here, here re- reclaim this and then we'll flush the toilet. I'll get a lot of votes with that commercial alone. I, I, I think it. you will. Yeah, absolutely. You know what we think of the, our opposition? Yeah. Flush. Yeah. What a reclamation. Yeah. Think you know, John Cohen. You know what we think of this job? Flush. <laughs> when you think of waste and water, yeah. think of John Cohen. <laughs> yeah. We know what we think of our Chicago Bear offense. Hey! Stop talking sports. What do you think this is, a sports show? Yeah, Brian Bauer in the uh, house with us temporarily here, folks, and the two guys in a mic show. Any sports stories, dog? It's or, Keep going. <laughs> any sports stories, Brian Bauer, double B, that um, it's kind of a midweek Wednesday. We right. can't fully get into the football weekend. The past weekend has kind of come and gone. Now, let me throw this at you. The baseball season has wrapped up. Do you got any uh, final thoughts as you tuck in and put to sleep? The 2010 baseball season. I'm glad. I'm glad it's wrapped up. I'm glad it's over. Uh, baseball, when your team's not in it and you could care less with about the teams that are, it, it becomes such a long and tedious. I mean, what a run all the way through almost November. Was it November? Into November. November yeah. 1st. I mean, to yeah. me, that's just ridiculous. I mean, they got to start this earlier and just get it done with earlier because it doesn't make any sense. Well, the problem with starting it earlier, like in the Midwest, it's freezing. Yeah, but you do, if you put your actual thought into it, how many teams in the Midwest have domes? You know, how many teams in the East Coast have domes? How many teams out West have domes? How many warm weather teams are there that yeah. start off warmer? I mean, if you actually put some thought into the schedule, because a lot of these teams don't share buildings, how easy would it be to say, okay, well, for the first week or two, northern teams without a dome, guess what? You're going to be on the road. And then once it starts to get a little warmer, you're going to have some more games at your house, which will give you a little bit more games towards the end of the season at home. But, I mean, there's ways to do this without, you know, basically killing yourself. So keep the same amount of games. Commissioner Brian Bauer joining us here on the two guys at a mic show. Bud Selig is out. Bauer is in. You would keep the same amount of games, just simply start the season two weeks earlier. Well, you're never going to get profitable owners to give up games because every game equals cash for them. Right. So, I mean, you lose right there. So if you're going to do it, fine, be smart about it. You know, start – Whenever, a week earlier than you normally do, mm-hmm. have games start off in Florida, Southern California, your Texas games, your, you know, have the, the warm weather states, and then your domes. I mean, Milwaukee has a dome. It could be at home for the first two weeks and nobody would care. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's ways to do this without really hurting yourself. And the hot sausage no. tastes very good in cold weather, so actually. So good. And a hot good. I hope Joel cocoa. does not get mad here, but his favorite emailer, Cinemax Cindy, really? wants to know, uh, please ask Commissioner uh, Bauer yes. if he would bring back the double header. And I do hope she's talking baseball. But uh, If not, Any yes. chance you would bring back the, <laughs> the twin bill? Let's just call it that. Well, again, early in the season, why not? I mean, how great would it be to have, like a, especially that first game of the year, you only have one game, right? And then it's usually a day off and then another two games in whatever series. Mm-hmm. How sweet would the first game of the year be if it's a doubleheader game? You know, you get your first game, you go to whatever stadium it may be, 
you know, doubleheader in Milwaukee between Cubs and, and Brewers. You know, you get to watch your first pitcher, then you get to stay and watch another pitcher, especially Milwaukee where you get to tailgate outside beforehand. I mean, there, there, there are ways to do it. I think it's fine. Uh, you know, and you can shorten the actual length of the season mm-hmm. that way as well. I know they get, you know, they're a little worried about price of tickets or whatever. Maybe you have one ticket that's just a little bit more and you double it up. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I think it's a great idea. All right, Commission, that was the easy one. Uh, Commissioner Brian Bauer uh, temporarily taking over Major League Baseball as we wrap up the season very quickly here. Right now, the hardest thing in baseball? Yes. This is almost sad, but it's to get someone, to find someone, that actually is going to agree to manage the Pittsburgh Pirates. Are you reading this story? (laughs) They can't find anybody to manage the team. No. <laughs> They're calling guys in for interviews like, uh, no, nah, I don't think I can make it today. You know, what? Guys that have been waiting for Major League. Seriously, if you were an up-and-coming manager you have not managed before, right? you're waiting for your opportunity, but do you take no. the Pittsburgh Pirates job? Absolutely not. That's a job for a guy who's managed before and is just at the point of, I don't care anymore. Kind of like, I'm going to finish out my run, and that'll be that. Ladies and gentlemen, Lou Pinella. Lou Pinella. His mom is feeling better. He's taking the job. Uncle Lou with the umbrella drink sitting in the dugout going, yeah, this is all right. Yeah, I like these guys. We'll be fine. Yeah, no, but I mean, honestly, it's one of those teams where they don't have anything in the system, and when they come up in the system, they Mm -hmm. do well, they trade them right away. You're basically cutting out, especially if you're a new coach coming in, a new manager for the first time. If you take over a team like that and you have a bad losing record, nobody's taking a chance on you. Right. And the only way they do is if you go 500 for three years, which is, you know, for them it's a big deal, and then you get out as quickly as humanly possible because you don't want to be there when the bottom drops out on it. Mm-hmm. it it's just not worth it. I mean, you'd rather wait around. Like, look at Quaddy. Quaddy's a career minor leaguer. That guy has never managed in the big leagues. He's been, you know, triple A, double A, single A. If they'd have offered him Pittsburgh, he'd have been like, nah, yeah, I'll wait for Chicago. I'll be your third base coach. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> you know, you see, Sandberg. Sandberg's dying to coach in the major leagues. I don't see him calling Pittsburgh no. and going, hey, guys, I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah not going to happen. Yeah. That's too bad, too, because the uh, Pittsburgh fans, uh, I mean, maybe I go back to my younger days when the Pittsburgh Pirates had such great teams, and I still remember back to Three Rivers Stadium. It's sad that and it's, this is not a three. It's the We Are Family yeah. Pittsburgh Pirates, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, the Afros, yeah. the, the whole yeah. thing, Willie Stargell. We used to love the hat. Yeah. Like they had that up hat with a little flat top, whatever yeah. it was. It was kind yeah. of rounded off. And they all had the hat. Afros, so the helmet would never right. stay on the head. No, it just kind of propped up it, it a little seemed bit. to be just kind of like clipped in there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It was a good look. But this rough period for the Pittsburgh Pirates, again, we're kind of putting to sleep the 2010 Major League Baseball season. By the way, Brian, I know you're excited. The tickets went on sale yesterday for the Cub Convention, Jan 14th to 16th at the Hyatt Hilton. The Hyatt Hilton? The Hyatt Regency. (laughs) Don't care. Those things, unless you had a winning season to me, are just such a... Big nerd yeah. fest. Like, are you going there with your ball and try to get it autographed and listen to how great the season's going to be? No, do, do you? I don't, I don't know where they bring these people in from. Have you ever known anyone personally? I never have met none of my friends. I've never known anybody that has ever gone to one of those conventions. Outside of the media, friends I know who've covered yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know but, a single person who's been. Yeah. Oh, no, so wait. Who are, who are these people? I do know one person who's been, but basically it was kind of job-related as well. They used to yeah. they own the rooftops across from Wrigley, so they go yeah, every year. But that, not, yeah. again, that's that's, that's more business related. Yeah. It's not so. No, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I think they bust them in from Iowa. Yeah. But now the Blackhawks, the Chicago <laughs> Blackhawks, are doing the same thing. 
Now, yes. this year it was great because they won the Stanley Cup. A little more legit, the Blackhawk yeah. Convention. Right, exactly. When you win something, then I get it. But And then the Bears have been doing a cruise every year. Have you seen that? The I Chicago have not. Bears cruise. It's like twice as expensive wow. if you go on a cruise somewhere with all these Chicago Bears. Opportunity to be sitting in a hot tub with a Tommy Harris? <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> with my luck, it would be a Jerron Gilbert, a you know Corey Wooten, <laughs> talking about his Northwestern days. Come on over. <laughs> Demarcus Webb. <laughs> Who are you? Oh, man, I'm your new right guard. I believe that's Jamarcus Webb. <laughs> you call please. him whatever you want until you block somebody. Yeah. Demarcus to me. <laughs> Oh, goodness. 888-463-6748. The phone number, two guys and a mic. TalkZone.com with you up until 11 o'clock. Brian Bauer uh, making an appearance. Rare moment in time. Uh, any other news and notes, Brian? The NFL, uh, you haven't been in for a while. Anything sticking out with you this year on the first half? Hard to believe we're halfway through. First half of the NFL season. Well, you know, you got to look at, obviously, the Randy Moss situation. Yeah. Obviously strange. The guy goes from Minnesota to Oakland, to New England, back to Minnesota, and before the season's even up, he's gone again. And I think that's that's. I don't want to get into it too much, but it's a little strange. You want to see something really disgusting? Go ahead. Then you'll get the Carson Palmer front, era. Front page of the Tribune. Decision really? day. Really? Where is Randy Moss? A big picture of Randy Moss. Who, get him off the front who page. Who cares? Come on. Like, honestly, who, who cares? cares about it? Exactly. We got Johnny Knox. I find Cincinnati, to me, is the most interesting team in the world. <laughs> Because here's a team that's loaded with talent yeah. that plays actually pretty solidly, and it's starting to come out that Carson Palmer, the guy you thought was a great quarterback, mm -hmm. may not be because he's got all these weapons that are around him, and he doesn't seem to be able to do anything with them. Yeah. Now, part of it's Ocho Cinco not playing well. You know, part of it may be a bunch of guys in his ear saying, I want the ball, I want the ball, I want the ball. But that team just fascinates me in a weird train wreck kind of way. Don't forget they got the young genius Josh McWilliams coaching the team. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I think wait. Josh McWilliams. What's his name? Josh McDaniel? Who's the coach? You're talking about oh, Kansas City. Oh, that's I'm yeah, No, no. Kansas no. City's interesting. No, no, no. I'm thinking of Denver. Denver, sorry, yeah. Took over for Shanahan. That, that's yeah. another thing altogether. No, Cincinnati's coach is, uh, is Marv Lewis. Right, exactly. Right? He's been there forever, yeah. yeah. Sorry about no, that. No, the way I look at it now, the, to me, the train wrecks are what interest me more than the actual teams that are playing solidly. Sort of like politics. Exactly. You look at your Dallas's, your Cincinnati's, you know. Green Bay, to a lesser extent, Minnesota falling apart. Those yeah, are, you look at these teams that you thought were going to be great, and just how bad they're playing is what really fascinates those me. Those are NFL. three three train wrecks, right? That wouldn't put Green Bay in that category, especially after last week's a big victory, nine nothing over the Jets. Defense shuts out the Jets with uh, what four starters injured. That was pretty impressive. But Minnesota, Dallas, and Cincinnati uh, in the last ten years, I can't remember a season when we've had three pretty highly rated teams. Yeah, I mean a lot of people's Vikings and Dallas Super Bowl picks. That have been, using your terms, absolute train wrecks. Oh, they have. And, you know, you look at it, and nobody seems to be stepping up. And the team stepping up, you kind of look at it with kind of a sidewards glance. Kansas City, you brought, you know, I brought them up a little bit earlier by mistake, but Kansas City is a team that's Woo! winning their division. Solid. San Diego, I keep waiting for them to win. San Diego, you throw in that train wreck par yeah. portion as well. One thing I've learned, and beat the schmoes, betters out there, are they, you know, I don't bet on games. I'm not an expert on it, but I'm pretty confident in this one piece of advice. If you're betting money, or even in a fun game like our game, Beat the Schmoes, yeah. stay away. I've learned this over, not just this year, the last five years. Stay away from the San Diego Chargers. I, you know what I find? And this is, I am a bit of a gambler for when it's legal, kind of. But anyway, San Diego, back half of the season, bet on them all the time. Because they're a team that's so bad the first half, and they always seem to kick it in in October, November. Now, it's November now. 
maybe they go on a run. But again, they're two and five at this point. Yeah. So I mean, they're, they're just awful. But believe me, they'll 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 go on a run. They won't do well, but yeah, they'll go they'll, on a run. They'll drive you nuts if you bet on that. Absolutely. In my comment to the Cincinnati team, you said their Cincinnati team is loaded with talent. Yeah. Say the same thing and take with talent out of it and stop after the word before that. Well, they might be loaded. Yeah, that, that's the problem with Cincinnati. Did, is they're loaded? Have you watched the Tio yeah, Cho show? I have not. Work. What's it called? The Tio Cho show. I heard it's uh, actually it. From what I've heard, it's potentially good if they actually had a host to like smooth them out. They do have a host. Oh, there's some African American host on Versus. Never seen him before. Name is? I, I, it was He's one of known those. as some African. Well, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. Some African-American host. It was one of those where I turned it on late because I was flipping between election coverage and all of a sudden I got on Versus somehow, which, by the way, is so low on my, my direct TV. Yeah. By the time I get to it, it's usually half over. Brian had a dream last night. He combined the two uh, TV shows. He woke up, thought Terrell Owens got the gubernatorial ship out in Connecticut. Well, Chad Ochocinco was pushing because apparently people have him as one of the sexiest men alive. He's in the in the list. So he's pushing for votes for that. So really, I felt <laughs> like I was still watching politics. But it's actually... I thought train wreck going into it. It's kind of a fun show. You had T.O. basically defending Randy Moss. You had Ocho Cinco saying, I don't understand what's going on. They basically played off each other to the point where you see both of their personalities come out. I, I thought it was great. I, I actually say it's, you know what, not must-see viewing, but can-see viewing. If there's nothing else on, check it out. It's kind of entertaining. Well, on behalf of these Cincinnati fans, and I'm not a Cincinnati fan, but I enjoy speaking on behalf of them. Somebody should. Any Cincinnati fans you want to speak for yourself, uh, feel free to do so. 888-463-6748. I think on behalf of the Bengals fans, as soon as their TV career furthers and their football careers end, would be okay with us. I don't think, yeah, T.O. maybe. I think Ocho Seco still has a lot of football yeah, left yeah. in him. I, he's a guy I, I like, like I, watching. Yeah. He's loaded. Well, they all are kind of loaded. Yeah. Cedric Benson. They're, they're the ones who, when Prop 19 went under, were all disappointed. Like, oh, come on. They all wanted to get traded to Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. They're both they're both loaded and it's not with talent and I need my flushing toilet sound effect again. That's all right. Uh what about the whole one? I don't want to exaggerate this thing either because it's over There it is. Thank you very much. <laughs> because it's overstored, but we haven't had Brian Bauer in for a while. Your thoughts on Brett Favre and keep it short because I'm tired of this guy. Brett Favre. Uh biggest overactor I've ever seen in my life. I noticed that when he's hurt you know, he grabs the body part ten times over, but he still celebrates <laughs> and grabs the body part. It's like, oh, I'm hurt. Yay. Oh, ah, oh. And, like, when he did get hurt finally last week, did you see what he looked like when he was carted off? And yes. it looked like some sniper had shot him, and he was laying dead <laughs> in the back of the cart. I'm like, come on, just give me a break. I'm glad. Listen, it, it, end the story, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. End the story now. Yep. Wonderful young career. You do got to remember the good. Yeah. There'll be the good, the bad, and the ugly. And pe- unfortunately, people will remember the ugly first. Sad. Yeah, because he was a great player yeah, for about and, 15 years. And a great story because he came out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. He was a kid out of Louisiana. southwest Louisiana yeah. or something like that. Kind of a modern-day Terry Bradshaw. But, yeah. uh, Drafted by Atlanta, originally traded to Green Bay yeah. where he blossomed, and he turned into this great quarterback mm-hmm. who never got injured and played forever. And then, unfortunately, it was the I retire, I don't retire, I'm going here, I'm going there thing that really threw everything out the window. I don't know if you listen to the show regularly, but uh, the last couple of weeks he has texted Joel and sent body parts to Joel. Last week, I think, was uh, he texted his ankle. And this week, Joel got a picture, we think anyways, we're still analyzing the picture. Yeah. That uh, he got a picture of Brett Favre's elbow. Not to go into this, and I'm going to, I mean, luckily we're streaming on the internet, so I could probably get away with more than I really want to. But. The best sign I saw after that whole texting of body part thing, I, who did they play? Was it the Jets? I can't remember. They were in New York. I remember that. 
and I saw a sign that says... Yeah, it was the Jets. Yeah. It was the Jets. Now I go... What is it? When it comes to Brett Favre, I know it's not fourth and long. And I just couldn't stop laughing at it. Like, I don't know why. I just I thought it was great. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. So. I, don't know if, I don't know if I can join you in that one. Uh, about a minute left in the show. Yeah. Uh, Double B, any other uh, sports things that have been what popping about, what, up in your brain? I want brain to know your thoughts on the NBA. You're an NBA guy. I'm yeah. more hockey. I'm uh, very, up on, very excited about our Chicago Bulls. Are year. you really? Yes, I am. So, and what do you think of the minutes played by Noah and Rose so far? You're sitting there 40 minutes a game, 35 uh, minutes not, a game. Uh, not too much, or you think you're Derek, okay? Uh, Noah, a little bit. Derek Rose, they've actually been resting. Yeah, but Noah's got the plantar fasciitis that he that's dealt with why last I said, year. That's why I said okay. Noah. Okay. I agree with you with too many minutes. Yeah. And I do like, by the way, the seven-foot Turkish guy, Omar Ashik. Do you really? He's good. Hey, he's okay. Like so far, I'm not I'm not hurt by him. I he's don't. Not, he's yeah. not a stiff. No, he's not. Which he I expect. Look Turkish, by the way. He looks like looks like a kid from like Cincinnati, Ohio. Awfully pale. Huh? Awfully pale yeah. for a Turk. I, I expected I, him much darker. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. Somebody should check and see. He might be just a disguise. But uh, he is Omar Ashik. But uh, Derek Rose has been getting uh, some nice periods of rest. C.J. Watts has been coming in, and Tom Thibodeau's been doing a good job. But they're very deep. And my new favorite player, as we talked about earlier in the show, Brian Scalabrini. No, really? A 6'6 redhead. He's good for that one minute a game where he just amuses me for being there for the one minute a game. He's, he's been playing 10 or 15 minutes a game. I don't think I've seen him turn the ball over yet. He makes good decisions, passes the ball, he shoots the ball. He actually is, a, for a guy with very little athleticism, is a very decent defender because he's smart. <laughs> for a guy who's not an athlete, he's pretty good. <laughs> I, I, I said very little athleticism. Anyhow, we got to wrap it up, Brian. You'll be in on Friday? I will, and I promise to be here on time. I hope so, because you're hosting the show. Uh, i got to talk to Joel about that. Does he come in or no? Joel? Yeah. We haven't seen him in about six months. Okay, so I guess I am hosting the show. See you Friday. We, we, haven't, we haven't seen him in 12 months. He, he hasn't been up here since last I, November. I saw him at a golf outing in Schaumburg. At least I thought it was Joel. Could have been an imposter. All right. <laughs> got to get out of here. David Olson, thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock.